0: Campbell turns back the clock a couple of months with a big performance in the Leafs win over Pittsburgh. The Canadian women's hockey team wins gold, and Chris Johnson drops a bombshell on his show today about who the Leafs could acquire at the deadline. All this and more coming up on today's Locked on Leafs. Hello and welcome, folks, into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiCephano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. With me, I got my co host, it's Dave Morsoody from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Dave, we were treated to a goodie today. The Maple Leafs coming away with a 4 1 victory over the pittsburgh penguins we'll get into this show and just a reminder to you folks that today that this is, podcast is a daily maple leaf centric podcast so be sure to subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcast now you can check us out on youtube as well check it out locked on leafs dave 4-1 maple leafs and jack campbell standing on his head Really, he did. He he, Like I say, he turned back the clock a couple of months to the great Jack we saw back in November, made some big saves early, made some key stops, some timely ones throughout the rest of the game, and ultimately a 45-save performance, a season high, and the Maple Leafs uh, walk away with with a full two points and a 4-1 win. What are your thoughts, pal? There's a reason why I
1: was really pushing the whole Campbell needs to have one of his better games against the penguins because guess what he needed his best game in order to get the Leafs the win I, I mean he got the goal support early uh it was nice to see austin matthews waste no time to get the fans that were in attendance uh going and you know 21
0: they, seconds, dude scores 21 seconds into the game and that was a great that was a great pass by brody just a heads up play sees you know austin just kind of ready to go up the ice and off the boards, perfectly onto a stick, and in he goes. I mean, Austin Matthews one-on-one against any goaltender. I don't care if it's Jari, who at this point is a Vesna nominee. I mean, I'll take him one-on-one against anybody, and he deposits that, and, you know, the, the building erupted, just flat-out erupted the, I don't know, 10,000 maybe that were in attendance, if that, perhaps. But, yeah, just uh, a really good start to the game.
1: A good start and it kind of got them it kind of got the Leafs understanding what they needed to do against the Penguins because what Matthews did kind of uh everyone kind of followed it, which is like catch the Penguins flat footed. They they just seemed to like you look at the rally goal, you look at the, the David Camp goal, like those goals were all just the Penguins just not not properly, you know, situated in, in like their defensive coverage. It's just like, how do you let Austin Matthews get free behind you? Twenty-one seconds into the game, like that should not be happening. You know, Morgan Riley, his goal where he just, you know, makes everyone think that the uh, that the drop pass is coming, and he's like, nope, I'm just gonna go all Bobby Orr on you. Like, <laughs> like though, like it just feels like the Leafs came with the speed and attack that I've been wanting to see from them for the last little while and against the penguins who you know they're a team that really likes to push things they're aggressive they're they like to play with speed as well i like that the leafs kind of took it to the
0: early yeah me me too and and you know morgan riley had such a good game i, I just like the, the 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 iq of morgan really starts to like this season it seems like his game is taking it to another level but just noticing like okay i got a little bit of separation here Maybe I can take this thing coast to coast, like that one moment where he noticed, like, I got something here, kicks it into that second gear. It's almost like something that you see Connor McDavid do when he notices that he's got a little bit of time and space here, and he decides to cut through some guys and ends up firing it into the back of the net. That was outstanding. And then even just the play that he made on the camp goal like notices that a play is breaking down and camp kind of kicks it up and, and away they go and he's able to feed them on a two-on-one outweights the the defender and then just slides it over for camp pretty easy goal for him to make just had to be a little patient wait for jari to go slide 60 feet the other way and a wide open cage uh for for him and bunting same thing it was very similarly to how bunting scored his goal as well Jari just kind of overcommits to to the quick shots or to the one timer. And instead they kind of take it, put it to the offhand, and then put it into the back of the net. But all around, I thought that it was a solid game from Toronto. I mean, yeah, they they gave up 46 shots, but not much of it happened to be in the danger areas, you know, early on in the game. In the third period, they gave up a little bit more than I think they want to, and and I wouldn't be surprised. We haven't been uh, privy to listening to any of the post game quite yet, but I would imagine that uh, that'll be a lot of the conversation is how they wish they kind of played better in the third period, I guess. They ended up giving up nine high danger chances uh, to the Penguins in the third period after limiting them to just five throughout uh the the first little bit but even if you look at the heat map it's up until you know late in that game the heat map was was incredibly just like green there was barely any blue in it and wasn't that dark so uh, i thought that the maple leafs did a really good job defending today they did a great job of figuring out when they can jump on opportunities and, and made the best of it and Hey, the better team won, in my opinion. I thought that they actually played a, a pretty good game, and they didn't give up a lot. And, and one of the keys was you got to fight for that middle ice. And for the most part, I felt like the Maple Leafs held the, the Penguins out onto the perimeter, and then you saw at times the Maple Leafs were able to cut to the ice, and 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 really that the transition game tonight was also elite, which is something that we haven't seen as much of, of late, um, but they really were able to take advantage of some mistakes from Pittsburgh.
1: I also liked how their special teams played because okay. especially the penalty kill, you know, we know how good the penguins power play is. And the best way to defend against it is make the penguins defend on the power play.
0: Like, you know, they suffocate mid- them. they're just like, they're, they're suffocating on the penalty kill. It's, Her it's space. yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Marner out there or it's Kerfoot or uh, Kasha, like it can't, it doesn't matter. They're right up in your face. They pressure you on the puck. And they're forcing turnovers and they're able to go down the other way and get opportunities, get chances. Like they had, they scored one shorthanded goal tonight, but they had like four or five actual chances to score a shorty tonight. You know what I mean? Like the, this, the, I, I like to call it a power kill at this point. It's not a penalty kill, it's a power kill. And it's because you just, they're so good and, it just really it it snowballs and allows them to get a little bit of confidence coming off of the penalty kill. And it just goes to show that how much uh, this team is, has bought in like guys who you just didn't expect to even be penalty kill specialists, like Mitch Marner, like Andre Kasha, Alex Kerfoot, who had thought a couple of years ago that he would be a power play, a penalty kill guy. And they're all buying into the system of, of um, uh, Dean Shinoff. And it's a, a, penalty kill that went from 24th last year all the way up in the top three it's astounding it's actually a big reason why i think that the this team has seen so much success this year
1: yeah because you know it feels like in in past years the penalty kill has really let them down especially in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you know i think there was a stat in the uh at one point in the game we we're talking about like the combined percentage of the power play and the penalty kill is like the highest the nhl has yeah. been since like the 70s since the since the Islanders like that 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 just shows how much more emphasis the Leafs put on their because we know they were a good 5 on 5 team and then special teams yeah they have a good power play and their penalty kill is, like you know average they really made sure that, there, that that the special teams wasn't going to be something that held them back you know you look at you mentioned the guys that the Leafs brought in Kampf Kasha you can even add like you know Mikhaev in there like these these guys have really added that you know special element and we were all worried that when Zach hyman left that the penalty kill was going to suffer because of it yeah but actually you were able to take what you would have paid hyman and added a couple penalty killers to kind of spread the duties out and i think it worked out you can't you can't argue with the results
0: i mean kerfoot (laughs) kerfoot played over three minutes on the pk tonight and ended up with uh, a 50% shot share. Like 3 minutes at a 50% shot share and an 80% expected goal for differential on the PK. On the penalty kill, 3 minutes of penalty killing and you have an 80% goal differential. Like that just goes to show kind of how dominant and how much of a power kill this 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 PK is. It's 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 great to watch. It's fun to watch actually. Um it's like I don't even get upset when they get, when they take penalties, because I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's have the boys play some solid, some solid PK time. And what did they go? Five for five tonight on the PK. So, yeah, real, uh, real solid game from them. Special teams is great. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> We want to talk about the Austin Matthews thing for a second, man. There. Even even
1: just me watching oh. that, like I'm just like looking at my teeth, feeling my teeth, like ah, oh, that would that would hurt, like yeah. So if, awesome.
0: if if you didn't happen to to watch the game or you missed the game, um, Austin Matthews was kind of just following his man in behind the net, and uh, I guess cross he lost, yeah, he's following Crosby behind his net, and just kind of lost track of where he was, which I'm actually kind of surprised this doesn't happen more often, but lost track of where he was and went face first teeth first basically into the post into the crossbar and like to the point where it literally took it up and off of its moorings and ended up leaving the game for about 10 to 15 minutes Returned, believe he was missing uh, missing a a top tooth up in there somewhere so he will have to get some dental work but uh yeah a little bit of a sigh of relief when he did return because he he wasn't out there for like I don't know 8 to 10 minutes or so and it was kind of like ooh I mean that could, it is a head injury we won run in mouth first maybe there was like some sort of ricochet I don't know but there was clearly a little bit of angst there from Leafs Nation and then when uh, when they showed on the broadcast that he had returned to the ice I think uh, everybody was like all right now we can laugh at him for, for what happened what <laughs> a slight heart attack at first uh, a slight heart attack at first um, why don't we get into three, uh, three stars of the game here, Dave. Um, and then we could, we'll also get the thoughts on, on the jerseys. We had the Jersey, uh, release in the first intermission. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our guy, Dave is wearing a Toronto arenas hat. Actually. Did you get that? Uh, did you go to like the game? I got this
1: one. Like they were on sale and I actually, I like really liked the, the design of them. The Arenas. Yeah, like it's like got like you can't really see it, but it's got like some nice like design woven in the in the tee.
0: Yeah, I can kind of see it a little, little bit.
1: Color the I like you know it's a solid hat. You know, Toronto arenas is it's a well we'll get into a little bit more. But yeah. I, 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 well,
0: Why don't we get into the Jersey a little bit after we get through our three stars. We can talk about the Jersey and let's show some love to our Canadian women, man. Like those ladies just went out and competed their asses off, bringing uh, Canada, bringing a a gold medal home to Canada. We definitely got to talk about that a little bit. And then also, like I said, there's a name out there that Chris Johnston says the Maple Leafs could be front runners for at the trade deadline, a top four right-handed defenseman at that so make sure that you don't click away make sure that you're hanging in here because we're gonna chat about it you'll want to know who this name is and if we think it's a fit or not because there's a little bit of controversy about the player so that's what we got lined up here for the rest of the show uh this is the locked on Lease podcast before we get into everything else though dave we got to hear a word from our show sponsor
1: yeah we got to hear from our friends at built bars you know, they're made of 100% real chocolate. If you compare it to other candy bars, which are usually around 240 calories, built Bar is like 130 calories. That's already a big win. Comes in many delicious flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. So at Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy. how about you? they pull it off every time so make sure you go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 get 15% off your order so use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com
0: welcome back into the Lockdown on these podcasts mike de stefano alongside me i got dave morissuti and just a reminder that this is a daily maple Lease podcast you can find it wherever you get your podcast from also you can find the video up on youtube now as well we're on uh, on youtube and we put out new content, new episodes each and every day, Monday through Friday. So get a five pack of Epis coming from us too, over the course of uh, well, over the course of the rest of the season. So if you're a diehard Leafs fan, you're gonna want to be locked into locked on Leafs. Um, but before we talk about locked on Leafs, actually, it looks like uh, Marty St. Louis ends up picking up his first win. Of uh, of his coaching career, they end up with a shootout victory over the St. Louis Blues. And Cole Caulfield, man, he's turned into a nice little player since Marty St. Louis come around. And when I look at Marty St. Louis, I look at Cole Caulfield, I'm like, huh, I don't know why that makes sense, but it just does. It just does.
1: Like you know, watching that mini, the
0: the um, you had to use the word mini. You just had to use the word mini. We're talking about Cole Caulfield and St.
1: Louis. I was gonna actually compliment him. Like you this is the guy he looked up to growing up. I remember the, the Super Bowl commercial with Dr. Evil, you know, and you know, having a little mini me there. That's where I got the idea from.
0: Not because yeah. You know. yeah, but Hey man, two goal performance tonight out of him. I think he's got three or four goals since St. Louis. Four games. Four goals in four games after just one in the twenty-nine games prior. And you know, For somebody who at the beginning of the year placed a, a wager at betonline.net of uh, Caulfield to win the the rookie, the Calder, oh. I was not too happy about the way that things started. But hey, maybe you can just go on an absolute tear the rest of the way, and maybe you can make me a little bit of money. I doubt it at this point, but it's good to see the kid uh, turning things around, even though he is uh, uh, a Montreal Canadiens. But Let's get back into tonight's game here. Uh, the Maple Leafs with a 4-1 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, let's get to our three stars of the game. Dave, who was your third star for tonight?
1: Yeah, this is this is actually tough because a lot of guys are deserving of stars for tonight. Um, and like finding the order, too, right? So yeah. I'm going to go first. Uh, my third star, I'm going to go with Austin Matthews got the game off going with the goal there. He had, he drew some tough assignments going up against at times. It was Gino. You saw he was going up against it. Like he didn't shy away from those matchups and uh, the results speak for themselves. So good, uh, good night for Poppy there.
0: Yeah. I mean, Poppy, uh, absolutely outside of the oopsies where he ran, (laughs) ran face first into the crossbar. Uh, Pretty good night for him. And, you know, his play away from the puck too. like, just how great that is. And and, and you know, that this was a, a type of game where it's like, I'm playing Sid like people are watching. I'm I got to have my best tonight. And uh I thought that he brought it man full 200 foot game tonight from, from Matthews uh, for me, I I'm actually giving it to the penalty kill unit, the power kill. We talked about it at length in the first segment there, but they go five for five and, end up uh, a plus one on the night actually with camp scoring that goal. But so many chances like Mitch Marner, uh, seemingly Mitch Marner has like two or three opportunities on the, sh- like on the peak age and every night, Kasha uh McKay have had a good, a couple of good looks Kerfoot. We already talked about him and how well that he, uh, he did, but even they didn't give Pittsburgh much of anything either, you know, but I will say this, you don't want to take five penalties in a game, especially against, the Pittsburgh Penguins who are, uh, I think they're, they were 11th power play coming into the, into the game. So, um, and that's with all the injuries that they've had and, and all the guys that they've had missing. So, you know, uh, you insert Gino Malkin and then a healthy cross Gensel, rust. This is a, a top 10 power play unit. And for them to go five for five, end up with a, a plus one, um, thanks to that, that, that great goal by camp that was set up by Riley. Um, gotta give him some love the power kill third star of the game uh second star for you dave second sorry you
1: gotta go with morgan riley yeah. uh, just, uh this is a, this is the type of game we need to, i think i would i mean we want to see morgan riley have a little more often but uh you know the confidence to skate just skate and get in on the play get in on the rush uh i think really threw the penguins off especially with uh I mean, the first goal, no one expected Morgan Raleigh to do that. So, um, yeah, and he was, you know, he was a monster possession wise. He was their best uh, best defenseman in that department. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Mo definitely deserves to be up there uh, in the three stars.
0: Yeah, Mo, uh, he's my second star as well. Um, just a terrific play to, to jump up into the rush on the power play. He saw an opening and he just took it, attacked, took it right to the net and uh well played shot too i mean tristan Jari's is a, a terrific goaltender he's having a vesna quality season you know and, and you get an opportunity to to grip it and rip it on that guy um and you put it past him it's it's that's a good thing so morgan riley giving him some love there and then just you know the second goal too was was all him like at the end of the day that was that was him making a really nice play um jumping up into the rush kind of noticing that camp you know, was pressuring Gensel, noticed the turnover, and Riley just kind of jumps on the loose puck, and away they go. You know, nice little two-on-one, and, and it results into another goal. But at the end of the day, I, what Morgan Riley's been able to do of late, the, the the steps that he's taken in his game, he's truly become a number one. Like, for a long time, I think I, I've I've called him a top pair defenseman, but I've been very reluctant to call him a number one defenseman because, to me, if you're a number one defenseman, you have to be a 200-foot guy. Yeah. But this is what this guy's become. I mean, he really, really has been. He's he solid in his own zone. He's solid in all three zones. And he's got so much confidence right now, too. And he's jumping up into the rush. And he's making plays happen. Uh, love what we're seeing at of Morgan Riley. So he's getting my second star tonight. And the first star of the game, I assume it's the same guy who uh, who you're thinking of. Would this be a man who stopped a lot of rubber tonight by any chance?
1: Stopped a lot of rubber, especially oh, yeah. some rubber with uh, that, you know, he may have allowed a few ugly ones. Pittsburgh was not getting any ugly ones tonight with Jack. No,
0: on that. no they didn't. And, and he made some big stops too. Like Huge. early on, there was a couple of saves that he had to make in the first five minutes where I was like, okay, this is a good sign. Like Campbell looks like he's in a groove tonight. That's nice. And then as you know, the, the, game kind of wore on, he was still making those big saves and he was looking comfortable and he was tracking the puck really really well and at the end of the night ends up with a season high 45 saves but for for Campbell it's more the timely ones like you think back to you think back to the Calgary game, which was probably like it, w- it wasn't a great game for him, but it's those timely ones you 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 score the first goal of the game and then you allow Andrew Muiepone to come down and score like 30 seconds later. You know, like those types of daggers where you yeah. take all of the all of the wind out of your sails by allowing a goal directly after you score one. Tonight, he was tested a couple of times. Pittsburgh was, was, was you know, really attacking after Toronto had scored and Jack Campbell's there to make the stop. So it was kind of those timely saves and didn't allow for anything that could have really given Pittsburgh any type of momentum. And then in the third period, I he came up clutch. Like uh, there was nine high danger chances in that third period alone. Um, and Jack Campbell allowed the one on, on Gino Malkin, but even that was like on a, on a, a follow-up on a rebound. And outside of that pretty clean night for, uh, for Jack, which is great to see. And I wonder, I wonder this Dave, and and let me know if I'm crazy or let me know if you think this might have some legs, but tonight was the first night that, fans were allowed in the building since early December. I think December 11th was the last time that they had had fans in the building. I know that's the date for fact, but December and January, Jack Campbell was not very good and he hasn't been through the first, well, since I guess December 1st, he really hasn't been that great. I wonder if the lack of fans feeding him, you know, the soup chance at home that atmosphere maybe that was affecting his game a little bit because tonight he got the soup chance early got the soup chance often and he was special he made some big time stops and he looked like the guy who was a Vesna caliber player back in November like I wonder if that had anything to do with his struggles the fact that there was just you know no atmosphere for him to to kind of thrive on whereas tonight you you could tell that early and early on uh he was kind of you know having some success he was getting the the soup chance and it carried through to have a pretty fantastic night
1: i think it didn't hurt like you know i don't know if it's the the, the exact reason but i think that it does play a factor he's admitted that you know when they would ask him you know how, what does he think when the fans chant soup he's he's like he kind of gets all like blushy and he's like oh it's you know, it's very nice like it's something he definitely feeds off of i i don't disagree with that
0: i don't even uh, know if he he's doing it like purposely you know what no, i mean I, I think I, it's more he's of a like subconscious him. thing it's just like makes him feel good you know what i mean like he just gets that adrenaline and then comes out and has a performance like he did tonight like so when you ask him and he says, oh, not really, like he may think he thinks that. But then we look at a night like tonight, you know, maybe that is it. Maybe the soup chants are his superpowers. Maybe that's what it is. The soup chants in Scotia Bank Arena is what gives Jack Campbell superpowers. Superpowers. It, it sounds a lot like the Space Jam special water you're talking about, right? That's there. basically what I'm talking about. Leafs Nation. Is the spec is Michael's was it Michael's special stuff? Yes, it's it stuff. The special stuff. Yeah, yeah, something Michael, like
1: that. And Michael Jordan's like the special stuff has been in you the whole time.
0: Exactly. So now we just got to tell Jack that hey, it's been there the whole time, pal. Let's get back to being a Vesna caliber goaltender and, and, and put this team on a on a winning path. That's what we got to do here. That's what we got to do, Dave. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Jack listens to the show. And he can he can understand that. And maybe maybe he'll finally get it and uh, you know take this team a very long way. Uh, all right. Before we uh, before we take one last break here, write those jerseys, the Toronto Arena's jerseys on a scale of one to 10. Actually, you, you have that video queued up here by gonna chance. Up,
1: yeah, I'm going to pull I'm going to
0: pull up the uh, the jerseys right now. So awesome. there, so there they are. if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, and this is another reason why maybe get onto YouTube because you can see, well, visuals, stuff like this. So we're posting that breakdown with the Sabres jersey right here. Yeah, so so that's what this is. This is a breakdown of the of the jerseys that's going to be at the Heritage Classic on March 14th in Hamilton. So you've got the, the Sabres jersey on the left. And today, the Maple Leafs uh, unveiled the Toronto jersey during the first intermission. And it's a bit of an homage to the Toronto Arenas. And I got to be honest with you, Dave. I don't like it. I do not like these jerseys. I think these are pitiful. Like, I'm giving them a two out of 10. Two out of 10, man. I've you seen can't even see the arenas in the background. Like, what's the
1: point? Yeah, just I have don't. the tea. First off, could they not pick a better mannequin to display? Like, why does the Sabres just look nice and fit and ours looks like he just came out of a beer league game? That's my <laughs> first problem. If you're looking at the photo, ladies and gentlemen, on YouTube, it's very appalling. That's the first issue I have with it. But yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I wasn't. I don't, I don't hate the color. I don't like the fact that the arenas part, it seems to be almost like transparent with the jersey. It makes no sense on that one. What just doesn't make sense about this is why is it the arenas? Like, what is the history between the arenas and the sabers? Like, if I'm, you're thinking of, like, Heritage Classic, but you're also thinking of the, the rivalry between the sabers and the Leafs. Get the Leafs part in there. I, it's, that's the part that I'm struggling with the most. You know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna just show off my favorite jersey here. Just give me one second, folks. This right here. Mm, of course. When I think leafs, I think of this jersey. This is when I like the rivalry with the sabers was really brewing. I don't have one with the sabers and I couldn't find one. But th- that's my biggest issue with these jerseys, is that it doesn't screen to me as the leaf sabers rivalry. You're just depending too much on the arena jersey and we already have an arenas jersey. From-
0: yeah, but I don't know if like why is it such why are you so clinging on to the rivalry aspect of the jerseys? Like I don't think there needs to be any significance to what the jersey means to the other team. Like I think it's just the heritage of your own team. Yeah. You know, so I think when you look at the the, the Maple Leafs, the the Toronto Arenas is deeply rooted into what the Maple Leafs are now, so it it makes sense to me. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't think in my head I need to marry the arenas with the Sabers and try and find some sort of connection there to call it a like. It's not the rivalry series; it's a heritage classic, right? So, uh, okay, I, I, that's a valid
1: point, but the other issue I have with that is the Leafs have done the arenas jerseys. They've already honored that arena's past when they brought those jerseys back years ago. They haven't really, if you look at their third jerseys, they've done the same pats. They've yeah. done the arenas. But they haven't really, like, gone back to, like, the traditional Leafs. I'm not, like, the, the new logo that uh, the Leafs came out The Stadium out of, Series ones kind of looked like that, didn't they? It, a bit, but, like, there's, like, like you. I think of the Winter Classic jerseys. Yeah. yeah and, like, those really pink of, like, the picture of the past, I think the Leafs could have gone even further back to, like, a really, like, you know, a really old, like, Leafs logo. I, I just feel like they've done the arenas. I don't know if people's connection to the arena is the same as it is, like, with the Leafs. That's just my thing. I, I love the arena's jerseys. Like, if you look at the ones that they had a few years ago, very similar to the design of the hat. I just took the hat off because it was... A little too much for the for the camera, but like the aretinas? the arretinas, huh? Yeah, because the light was coming off my eyes there. But um, I I just think that they've done the arenas before. Now, hold on, have you never heard that joke? No, I've never heard of that joke.
0: The arenas, the aretnas, uh, the aretnas, because the T's right smack dab in the middle. Oh god! So it's like uh, the
1: aretinas. No, I did not know. Um, that just oh, yeah. flew right over my. Head. It was a good attempt. Well, look at head. it.
0: You have the hat right in front of you. Yeah. Go read yeah, it. You see know. Aria and the T's right in the middle. Yeah, I can. See, I can. See, I. I get it. I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad, man. I. I like. I. I. I
1: don't mind Toronto arenas. I know it's a very stoic part of the Leafs past. I just think that they've done it. They've done the same pats. I know they did it for the outdoor games too. The like the the Leafs, but. They could have really gone with a vintage look, and then you spin on a vintage look too, mm-hmm. like maybe
0: this one over my no other shoulder, like that one, like the I, ones like, from the
1: seventies. Well, yeah, so like
0: that's that's Sittler.
1: yeah. Like I have, I you know, it's funny enough, I I had one of those jerseys, and I don't really know what I did with it. I think my brother took it when he moved out. We kind of him and I had like a jersey collection growing up, so. Hmm. I just think there were a lot of other choices. The Leafs could have gone for jerseys that could have been new and fresh. That's just my.
0: Well, they didn't. And unfortunately we all now will have to watch them play in those God awful uh, Toronto arenas jerseys at the heritage classic, but you know what they, uh, they may have lost out when it came to the aesthetics of the jerseys, but I have a feeling that they probably will end up winning on the ice, which at the end of the day is really what matters. If we're being completely honest here, I don't think the jersey matters not one damn bit unless uh, unless you're Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders always believed that if you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. So, eh, you can look at it in a couple of different ways. But... Yeah, that was quite smart. So speaking of paying good, my friend, you know who pays good? Our friends over at betonline.net. And football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the greatest odds, uh, latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next coach who was fired is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And, uh, well, hopefully you bet the under tonight and, uh, I guess you could have done the Leafs money line in the under for a little parlay. I think you would have done all right, uh, for yourself if you would have done that. But, um, yeah, so you can do any bet you would like over at betonline.net. Uh, last night I made a bet actually at betonline and, and cashed. And that was for Malifi plan to score a goal. I don't know how I got this at plus two forty-five. I don't know what the odds makers were thinking. It's a gold medal game. She's guaranteed to score. She's guaranteed funny. to score. Four oh, guaranteed. gold
1: medal games. She has had a goal. That's that's flat disrespect.
0: That's just absolutely that's disrespect. And, and and by disrespecting me, they gave me money. So thank you to Bet Online for for doing that. Uh, she was hey, fantastic.
1: They were trying, you know, we're pumping their tires a little bit. We're getting, you know, they're a nice sponsor
0: for us. We yeah, totally want to give you a little, little, little bonus there. Is that what that was? Was that just a tip? A tip for uh, for for being a good sport? For for that
1: just means fans got to go to Bet Online and make sure you're throw, you're looking for those set bods. because you well, threw that out there. You know, I saw that tweet and I was just like, I don't know how I didn't get in on that.
0: I was a little late on that. Oh, it was like three or four hours before puck drop. I I I toss that up. Actually, even more. It was about six hours. I think I tossed that like five five thirty in the afternoon, and the game was until eleven. So there was tons of time for people to to hop all over that and could have made money with me. But uh, hopefully, some people did. If you don't, I mean, go follow me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canucks. Sometimes I give out some betting advice. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. We like to say it's either tremendous or it's horrendous. But Regardless, it's information and you can take it. You can either use it or you can trash it and do whatever you please. But last night I had some pretty good information and and I had some pretty good intel because I had a sneaky suspicion that the Canadian women were going to end up winning gold and they did 3-2 over the Americans. And it was just a, a, a great game. It was a fun game. And honestly, I think that we've been having this conversation in, you know, on my Leafs lunch show at TSN, like, is this the greatest women's team ever? Like greatest women's hockey team ever? And I wonder if this is the most dominant hockey team ever. Like when you look at Olympic teams, these national teams, I don't know if if I can think of one who's as dominant as as this squad here. And some people they look at like, oh three two like uh, how's that dominant? It was a one goal game. Well, it was three one up until twelve seconds left. They controlled the pace of play that entire game and controlled the entire tournament except the first half of that first U.S. game. But they outscored their opponents like 54 to 10 or 57 to 10, something stupid like that. Like They just absolutely steamrolled the entire competition and just said, thank you for showing up, everybody. It'll be a great race to silver, but we're taking gold. And they took care of business and refueled plan. Might be the most clutch player in hockey history. Did you Uh, see the stat? She now has, I think it was seven of the last 10 goals in Canada's gold medal games.
1: There there are certain, like, it's a rare thing for a player like that to continuously come up big in those games. Like, that's the part that really gets, because, like, we've seen clutch performance, like, you know, we've seen clutch performances in the past from players, but to do it on that scale, and it's not just in the Olympics,
0: it's World championship
1: championships, too. any of those types of tournaments. You see Canada versus the U.S. because usually that's where you see these guys in the finals. That that's you're you're expecting a Marie-Frédérique Plan goal. Like it's, it's almost a given. You're just, if you're the Americans, you're, you should just pass the puck to marie and plan. says, get it over with now. So that we have a chance later in the game. Cause that's, that's just how it feels uh, whenever you watch her in those moments.
0: Yeah. Until she scored her uh, second goal of that game as well. And turned out to be the game winner, um, which was what the, the third. Yeah. She's been at four Olympic games, three of the four. She's walked away with gold and has walked away with the game-winning goal in those gold medal games. Like, it's just amazing. You think back to the World Championships this past summer in the Women's World Championships, same thing. She gets the gold medal-winning goal. You think back to the rivalry series that they had just ahead of the World Championships. She ended up with a few overtime goals. Like, just Captain Clutch is the most appropriate nickname for Marie-Philippe Poulin. And I think at this moment in time, I think she's taken over the mantle of Haley Wickenheiser for the greatest women's player ever. Like this is the Gretzky of women's hockey. It's 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 no longer Wickenheiser. It's now Marie philippe Poulin.
1: Like Wickenheiser was a trailblazer, but uh, yeah. I think Marie Poulin, yeah, like she's like she's a top on top of the like of the mantle. I, I I can't disagree with that just based off of longevity and performance
0: yeah if you want like though in the way that you know gordie howe was mr hockey he was that guy he was a trailblazer and and you know in the nhl and then along came wayne and, and and passed him and became the great one i think this is what we're seeing now many years later in the women's game for a long time it seemed like wickenheiser it'd be impossible to for someone to do what she's done just based on the impact that she had on the game and how dominant she was at the games. And then, you know, here we're seeing Marie for plan actually do that. It's it's astonishing, astonishing to see. And a big congratulations to the Canadian women's hockey team. Uh, You know, Brianne Jenner was fantastic. Sarah nurse broke, broke a record ended up having the most points in an Olympic games, Um, broke the record from Haley Wickenheiser. And that was Unbelievable and, and what a family that is. I think she's the cousin of Darnell nurse, um, yeah. the defenseman for the Oilers and Kia nurse who plays in the WNBA. And boy, what a talented family. But you know, there's just so many great, great players and and pff, hockey Canada, they got it going on when it comes to the women's side. They know what the hell they're doing. And uh Sarah Fillier, too, she's kind of the next one, right? You got to, to do
1: it. Yeah, as well in that because Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. Rock star.
0: Yeah, especially in the third period last night. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, congratulations to the women for winning gold. Bring it back to Canada. We're very proud uh to uh uh to cheer you on and and super excited that you were able to finish out the gold that the women set when they lost in Pyeongchang. It was a four-year journey to get back on top, and they did it. They did it. Uh really quickly before we go, I've been teasing this up for basically the whole episode but Chris Johnston. not sure if you listened to his podcast today but he mentioned that the Leafs are heavily interested in one certain defenseman the name of that defenseman is Ben Sherratt now it's not a, rant, like a random name it's someone that has been thrown around but he did say that they they are like severely interested like really interested he used the term front runners and then he kind of walked it back a little bit if I'm being completely honest but if he's using it, it means that he he's got some intel. And, and I would think that uh that that there's there's some legs there, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So Ben Charat from the Montreal Canadians, and apparently they'd be willing to eat half of his salary as well, which should bode really nicely for the Maple Leafs, who it's dollar in, dollar out. And if you only have to bring in half of that contract, that makes it way easier to make things happen and 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 make a deal work but do you like Ben Chirot what are your thoughts on Ben Chirot was he on your list I don't remember if he was on your list earlier this week he wasn't No, on my list so like is this a fit for you do you like it if you if you if you woke up in the morning and this deal got hammered out how would you feel about it if the Leafs spend anything
1: significant to land Ben Chirot I will well, not let's give
0: me a first round pick. At least a first yeah. round pick. And
1: that that unfort that's unfortunately for me, I think, is just not gonna work. The reason you see what happened to Ben Sherratt this season when Shea Weber was taken away. Like he is not the same player without Shea Weber. So the like what I what we were saying when we were talking about the trade deadline wish list was we're looking for a guy to elevate the Leafs top four, not a guy that needs
0: someone else to kind of elevate him into that top four guy. I I just don't. Uh, I think you're shortchanging changing there a little bit, to be honest with you. I think we look at this season. It's, you know, sometimes the year's going really badly for, for that squad. So I, you know, this, a change of senior could do well, but keep in mind that he did help that team to a Stanley cup final a year ago. And he was a big part of that. So I, I, you know, when you stick him next to a guy like Jake Muzzin, I feel like we'll get second pair, fourth defenseman vibes out of Ben Sherratt.
1: The other issue, he takes a lot of penalties. Mm. Like in that Stanley Cup playoff alone, he had 16 penalty minutes in 22 games. Like you, he that that's another issue I think on top. Like, reliably, yes, he can play big minutes because he averaged like 25 minutes in the playoffs. With and Shea Weber had to play a lot as well. He's a big um, dude, too. He's a big dude. I can, I can see the appeal. Maybe the least feel that with him on the Leafs, it'd be a different story. I'm just thinking if you're going to spend a first round pick on a rental, it better be a guy that's going to really bring, like, that's going to really elevate. I just, I think you got to look and see what the best options are cuz I don't think Ben Shroy. We I mean we did our own trade list and he wasn't on it because we I guarantee we feel there are better options out there. Maybe he's the most available option. I feel like maybe they're trying to kick tires on the most available options right now. That's why his name's coming up so much, but yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of it, especially if the price tag is going to be high. And it's going to be high because there's not many defensemen that are out there you know come deadline time
0: well there's a market for him right and basic economics you know when when uh supply is low and demand's high you're exactly high. right like supply and demand and there's going to be a bench rotts going to be high in demand you know and and I guarantee that he will fetch a first round pick I can almost guarantee it um whether or not it's a fit for the Leafs. I don't know I I I don't know about that. I the only other thing that you didn't bring up that that I don't even know if it worries me, but I, and now I feel a little bit like Mike Babcock for saying this, but yeah, he plays the right side, but he's a left shot D man, and now that's four left shot D in your top four, right? Well, like, Sandine played the right side tonight, and he was a left shot. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. What do you think
1: about Sandine tonight? Did you think that he did all right? I think he did all right. I mean the the goal that the Leafs gave up. Wasn't exactly a great moment for that pairing, but yeah. considering they were flip-flopping around with the pairings and guys they were working with in the in the uh, second and third pair, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it because you were kind of forced to go with this lineup because Lily Graham was sent down, as you predicted, by the way, when we were talking about the Adam Brooks stuff. But, yeah, like, I'm not too – like if the guy is used to playing on his right side and his left shot – I mean, we saw about that when TJ Brody came to town – Ah, but he's not a right shot. He's a right hand that like he plays on the right side. Right. He's not a right shot. If the player's comfortable with that, maybe that's why Ben Schrott's not having, because Shea Weber is a right shot. Maybe that's part of the reason it hasn't worked maybe the way he wanted to, because he's been forced to be that right side. There are guys that don't like to be moved over. We know that Jake Muzzin did not like to be moved over. Rasmus Sanders, you yeah. know, him,
0: that he doesn't mind it. I don't think Sherrod's one of those guys. I think he does feel comfortable playing the right side, but I I just, in my mind, it just having four defensemen and you're like all four of your top four guys as left-hand shots. It's like I said, it's a little bit of Mike Babcock in me, where it's just like, uh, you play the right, hopefully you got a right hand. You want to play the left, you got left-hand defensemen. It's kind of just the way it is. You got three righties, three lefties as is half the time you're sitting there with only one right-hand shot in the lineup when it's Justin Hall or when Dermott's in there over a guy like Lilligren, like tonight, there's only one right-handed shot defenseman in the lineup and it was Justin Hall. So, you know, if that, if that's going to end up being the case going forward, I don't know. I kind of would rather someone who's a natural right shot guy. And and I just, there might be a better situation than uh, the bench drop, but thought it was very noteworthy to bring up because, Look, CJ's plugged in, man, and and he's not saying this just to say it. He clearly has some intel here and Ben Chirawat to the Leafs has some legs. So, it, whether we like it or not, this could very well happen, and if it does, we're going to have to we're going to have to eat our words cuz we're going to have to watch it and we're going to have to well, we're going to have to force, <laughs> force be- to like it, I guess. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, but um yeah, I think they, uh, that'll do it for us here on the podcast today. Actually, uh, well, uh, okay, really quickly. Actually, they're taking on St. Louis tomorrow. Prediction? Uh, prediction?
1: You know what? Uh, we saw what happened to St. Louis and Montreal. I kind of like the Leafs here. If they go, if Campbell has another good performance, he, they, can, I, I think it'd be a good uh, omen to, for another victory there. So you're assuming Campbell gets another start. I mean, you have to reward him after a game like that because I think you're going to feed Peter Morazic Montreal on the Monday.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That could be the case. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's give Jack Jack another start. I'm with you, and I'm with you too. I think that they have, uh, you know, they roll off this game into pits into into St. Louis and end up getting a pretty good win. And let's hope. Let's hope that's the case. Although St. Louis is a heavy team. Sometimes they struggle against those heavy teams. So it'll be a playoff-type atmosphere, playoff-type of game, though. That's for damn sure. Uh, Should be a good one, though. So enjoy that one. But that's into it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Lease podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Lease content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Lease. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Uh, Enjoy the weekend, folks. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything that goes down over the next couple of days. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.